Hey, 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 everybody. How y'all doing? I'm Amari Daniel, and this is Safety Meeting Food Podcast. Thanks for coming back, or welcome if this is your first time listening. I'm here to report something, okay? So in the last episode, when Focaccia calls, I mentioned an avocado hack. And I know many of you know that we're going through some things right now here with the avocado situation. But I just want to let you know that that TikTok hack is fire. It works. Okay, I was skeptical, much like you. I was skeptical. I said, okay, if I stick these avocados in my fridge and the water looks weird or they feel some sort of odd mushy texture, I'm going to be very upset because (laughs) it's not like avocados are $8 or anything. It's just that when you buy them, you want to use them. You don't want to have bought six avocados and then they all go bad on you. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, run back the last episode so you can hear all about it. I promise you it's worth it. And you're going to start doing the same thing with your uh, avocados. And if you're wondering, oh, well, so wasteful with the water. What am I going to do with it? So what we've been doing with the water here is taking it and pouring it into our plants. Now, I'm not saying that there's any kind of nutritional value to the water, but at least the water doesn't go to waste. Right? Let's see. Full circle. That's what we want to see here. All right. So this week's episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to do a restaurant review. And before you say anything, yes, I'm qualified to do a restaurant review. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now, do I have qualifications? No, but no one asked you to ask me that. Um, Here's the thing. I think that, I think that so many of us feel like we can give restaurant reviews. Now, I'm not going to draft this up and send it to the New York Times, okay? I'm just here to tell you my personal take on a restaurant that I went to, and I feel like I'm qualified because this is what I do often. You know, I eat out or I cook my own food. I understand balance and flavors. Um, You may feel like you're qualified because you also sit there week after week and you watch Chopped or you watched... Alex versus America, and you know that those proportions are not correct, and therefore, uh, X, Y, and Z, right? Okay, (laughs) now, uh, there is some validity to that. You have taste buds, you know what you like to eat, or so I hope, and so you think that you can do that. Nothing wrong with that. It is your opinion, and with any type of critique, it's your opinion. So hopefully you'll take what I have to say with a grain of salt, and you'll be able to enjoy this information. All right. So here's the thing. I went to a steakhouse. Now, before we go diving in, you should know that I live in a place where steakhouses are in abundance, okay? I live in Texas. Texas loves steak. There's no shortage, you know what I mean? There's Knife, there's Nick and Sam's, there's Bob's. The list goes on, quite frankly, but I was wanting to give this place a shot because it had been around for a few years now, not very long, but I recently seen uh, some of the pictures up on Instagram, and you know how you know how social media is, like, you see a pretty picture, you want to check it out, so I clicked in, I said, oh, this might be a kind of an interesting place to check out, and so I went, okay, so the restaurant this week up on the chopping block is Town Hearth in Dallas, Texas, so... Let's talk about the decor. I, it had a vintage feel, right? Let's just start right there. It had a vintage feel. It was there was a burgundy carpet, um, some platinum or silver frames on 
very random looking pictures on the wall, but it was giving an antique kind of vibe to it. Um, there was a private room right off of the entrance. There also was a large aquarium in the middle of the uh, restaurant with a not a yellow submarine, but um, a very large su submarine. Like I think it could have been white. I don't recall. Um, and then, of course, the bar was Prohibition era, if you will, kind of that look to it. Um, and the kitchen itself wasn't a fully open kitchen. I would say it was more of a semi-open kitchen. You can definitely see the chefs and the line cooks at work, but you couldn't see everyone at work, if you know what I mean. Um, so now that lended to, I'm sure, a great ambiance for people. It was a moody mood lighting so that it was not uh, too bright or it didn't, you know, clash with the music, which was a more chill um a chill kind of track or playlist whatever they were using and the food the food was good i'm gonna start i'm gonna start there okay i'm gonna start i know, I know that wasn't too exciting the food the food was good I, the thing about town hearth is that it is in fact another steakhouse right so when you're looking at the menu you're seeing the usual things that you get right you're getting fries for your side you're getting different cuts of steaks you're getting um, oysters, you're gonna get cocktails, you're gonna get wine. Now, I'm not saying that anything was bad. Our food was good. There were, we got the baker's dozen of raw oysters. Um, the, now I'm probably gonna butcher this because me and French are, uh, we're, we're building. We're building on our relationship, okay? We're, we're, we're not as familiar with each other as we'd like to be, but we're working on it. We're, we're courting each other as you, as you would. So, <laughs> the, Next dish was the a la ronge there. I, I, hopefully I got that correct, I'm not sure. Uh, then we got the battle axe, then we ordered fries and roasted cauliflower for the side. So the highlight for me out of all of those things that we had was definitely the roasted cauliflower, <laughs> right? I know that was left field, but the roasted cauliflower was so good. I don't know what they put on that, but it was perfectly cooked. Like, you know, sometimes because cauliflower is so mild in flavor, uh, it's very easy to either over salt or under salt. And it, it just, it delivered with a beautiful buttery flavor. I, I dare even say a brown butter, um, but it was, it had nuttiness, it had savory saltiness, and I definitely think it was cooked, you know, some people like their vegetables a little bit on the crunchier side, some like a little softer. It fell, it fell, excuse me, right in the middle. Um, the fries, those were good as well. Very standard, you know, russet potato cut fries. So we'll skip over that, right? Okay, let's go to the battle axe. So the battle axe, and that, that sounds intense, right? Like that doesn't sound anything it doesn't sound like oh you got a filet you know you got a little eight ounce portion no 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 you get a 32 ounce cut of meat that's like i think it was 45 days aged it was good it was a very good piece of steak okay charred to perfection but if i if i may say for so we talked to uh the waiter and asked if it would be enough to split amongst us, uh, the group here. And 
He said, yeah, you know, especially if you're going to get other things. Now, where I feel like he failed at was understanding that unless you're eating just two pieces, that 32 ounce quickly turns into 28, 26, um, especially when, because it's the battle axe, they leave you with a good amount of the bone, but the bone minus meat, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it says 32 ounces, but that's not what you're getting in terms of uh, edible portion. So it was it was delicious, yes, right? The sear on that was fantastic. Could have used a little bit more salt, but that's a personal preference. Um, I feel like sometimes if you're gonna under season a steak, add a little bit of flaky salt to the side so that people can adjust to taste, right? But this is not my restaurant, okay? But it is just my opinion. All right, so next was the a la orange vert. Think, now this, this won't do it justice, okay? But I need you to think like a firecracker, popcorn-esque shrimp nugget, right? Okay, so as you have that vision, set it aside. Now picture a lobster tail without the lobster. There, on the dish that came to the table, there was a huge tail, like a huge lobster tail. It might have been, it, it couldn't have been anything else but a lobster tail if you ask me, but it was a huge tail. And inside were the shrimps. They were good. They were good as well. Um, they had a nice like ponzu sauce, I believe, on, uh, drizzled on top of them. They were seasoned very well. Um, that they might have actually, I take that back. They might have skewed a little bit saltier, and I guess that would have perfectly complemented the steak, right? Um, I do think that when you're having multiple dishes, they all don't need this. Now, this is just me. They all don't need to be seasoned to the T, right? Because sometimes you want to have things to kind of relieve the intensity of flavors. This is what I'm thinking at least, right? So if something is a little bit under seasoned and it goes along with my very well seasoned other dish, um, there's, a, there's a balance in that too, right? So it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be on 100. Um, that's just how I feel about it, but others may, may feel differently and that's fine. So I, I thought that those two dishes, um, as they are giving kind of the surf and turf vibe, um, both paired well together because one was under and one was was uh, perfectly seasoned, if you ask me. So um, that was that. And as I said, we started with the raw oysters. So the raw oysters, you everyone knows how raw oysters go. You get them, they come with a little lemon juice, you know, your sides, or sorry, your sauces to go with them. There, I have no complaints. Yeah, because there's there's nothing you really do. You don't really you don't do anything to raw oysters, right? You just put them, you crack them open, uh, make sure they're clean, and you put them on a plate and serve them. Um, so that's fine. That's totally fine. The drink, for me, a dish is incomplete if it doesn't have a beverage to wash it down, and it doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be a non-alcoholic drink. It could be water, but it needs something. Um, in my case, I ordered a cocktail. <laughs> so I got a drink that was called Just, not Just, J-U-S. So Just Mezzan Round. It had mezcal, aperol, yellow chartreuse, and lime. And if you know anything about mezcal, it has a lovely smokiness that I thought paired really well with both the aperol and the yellow chartreuse. The lime was less 
present. Maybe I could have had a little more, but I thought it was a, a well-balanced cocktail. Um, would I have ordered again? Not necessarily, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was a good drink. Um, and overall, I would have to say that while I enjoyed my time, and the food was delicious, you know, I, there was that pause because I was wondering if this was a place I would recommend. You know, as I've mentioned at the beginning of the episode, steakhouses here are a dime a dozen. You can, you can throw a rock and wherever it lands, there's likely to be a steakhouse. Is this one you need to put on your list and come to the next time you're in town? to me you know not to me are there can you could you go to perry's steakhouse and get a, a different kind you know a, a different kind of experience or a um better food <laughs> perhaps that's not for me to say but i don't know that for the amount of food that we got if it was worth it right like i definitely think if you have um extra to spare then why not you should always go out and try things, even if you you've had steak, uh, you know, for the last five weeks. You know that each chef does something different, right? So, the last time I had a steak, I made it, and I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but it was fantastic. But it was to my liking, right? Because I know how I like my steaks. Um, this steak was great as well. So I'm not here to bash the experience at Town Hearth. Um, but I'm also not really here to encourage you to run there. Now, you should go. I'm definitely here to encourage, right? But I'm not here to get you to run there. <laughs> um, but a place I do need you to run to is over to Shaker and Spoon. So this week's cocktail of the week is from Shaker and Spoon. So they have a subscription box, if you don't know. Um, and it comes with a couple recipes and a enough ingredients for you to make those drinks more than once now the only thing they don't provide is the hard liquor um but i mean you can do that right like you probably already have it in your cabinet so just pull out you know the tequila or the cognac or whatever the the subscription box calls for and make that cocktail so this week's cocktail was called tijuana brass it was so good okay i'll get right into what what's in the cocktail itself so the cocktail calls for tequila añejo, which if you know with tequilas, there's blanco, reposado, and then añejo. So it, that one it has been aged for the longest. So you can use whatever tequila you prefer. If you use, uh, you know, Don Julio, or if you use 1800 or Casamigos, like whatever your preferred tequila is just grab the añejo version of it right um then next it called for half an ounce of cinnamon demerara syrup which is provided in the box um one dash of aromatic bitters medley and then one spritz of orange oil so those last three ingredients were included in the subscription box now i don't know about y'all but when i have a cocktail I like to experience more than just the taste. So if it comes with a very visual aspect, like a beautiful garnish, or if you spritz an oil on top, you can take, you know, that's something you can do anyway on your own. You don't have to have it in a vial, right? So you can take your own 
orange peel that you just peeled off the orange and express the oils on top. Um, I love that. And so what was so great about this cocktail was that, was the spritz itself. It called for one. I might have added three, but, you know, we don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I wanted to be hit in the face with the orange essence, right? I wanted to smell orange before I brought the drink up to my face. And that's exactly what it did. It was so powerful. Now, the last ingredients that I did not mention, not because I forgot, is coconut water. Now, it's, it's not what you think. So they, they provided a coconut water. You were supposed to put it into an ice cube tray, like the large ice cube kind. And then that would be your rock that you then pour this stirred cocktail over. I don't know about y'all. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's not maybe that's not for you. Maybe you don't like coconut water. Maybe you feel like that's too adventurous with tequila and cinnamon notes. But it it did something. It did something just as much as the oil of the orange oil did to the cocktail. So oh man, so when you're first drinking it, right? Of course you 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 pick it up and you smell it and the orange is so rich, so vibrant. You're thinking this is gonna be a bright drink based off of the smell, and then you sip it. Now, I used Don Julio for my tequila, and so, you know, the the experience that you have may be as smooth or may, may not be quite as smooth, it just depends, right? But when I sipped it, naturally, because I had just poured it over the coconut water cube, I didn't taste the coconut water, right? I just got the chill from stirring the cocktail in the mixing glass, right? But as the drink evolves, right? As, as the cube started melting and that coconut water dissolved into the cocktail, oh, there was a butteriness, right? So there was, there was a bit of a smokiness, not in the way that mezcal provides, but there was a smokiness from the Añejo, you know, cause it's aged, right? But there was a, there was a, a creamy butter sweetness I don't that 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 didn't do it justice, and so I definitely want to I I'm gonna make it again, and we're gonna talk about it again because it was that good. I think as I got further and further to the bottom of the glass, right, which made me sadder and sadder, I could really taste the spices that were in the demerara syrup. I don't know, you know, if you don't really like sweetness, maybe this cocktail isn't for you, right? It there. It's just tequila, it's the syrup. Those are the main flavors you're gonna get, but also you're gonna get the sweetness from the coconut water. So it may, it may be a drink that was not to your liking, but it was to mine. <laughs> I thought it was very, very good. And I like I said, we're gonna talk about this again uh, because I wanna see how it develops each time. Maybe, maybe next time I'll let the cube sit for longer or instead of stirring my cocktail with other ice cubes, I'm gonna stir it with the coconut water. That way it can start to dilute into the drink so we can get a, a different kind of experience. I hope that you enjoyed as much as you enjoyed this week's episode. I had fun talking to y'all. We'll catch you next time. This is the Safety Meeting Food Podcast, and I'm Amara Daniel. Bye.